that is sort of the message, the sermon for the morning, right? Um, so I, I'm not going to give a regular sermon, but I am going to just give us a little bit of a picture of where we're headed in the next couple of weeks, because I want you to know where we're headed, what God is up to, what he is saying to us. And so um, let's see, if you'd go ahead and throw up, I was up at a retreat this last weekend, and this fits right in because one of the things that we love, we love about sending people is that we believe that they are sent, that there is a story that is being told, right? And that same thing is true for all of us. It's not just true for students that are graduating. It's true for all of us. And so uh, when we were up at this, this retreat this weekend, and they asked three questions that I thought were so profound, so profound, if we take the time to sit in them. And here's the three questions. It says, do you know, do you know who you are? Do you know who you are? Do you know where you are? Do you know your context, your place in the story that God is telling in your life? Do you know who you are? Do you know where you are? And then the last one is, do you know the good that God is up to in and through your life? Do you know who you are? Do you know where you are? And do you know the good that God is up to in and through your life? These are orienting questions. They're questions that help us find a center and be set in the direction that we want to go, the direction that God has called us. And so part of the answer to those questions, we're going to be investigating how do we, as a people, as a people, reset our lives in a way that looks like Jesus. That's the series. That's the, the context of what we're doing and where we're going who are you? Where are you in the story? And what's the good that God is up to in your life? And the truth is, here's the beautiful part of this. The truth is, the, the answer to those questions changes through time. You know, we're not going to always have the same answer. And so in some ways, life is this journey where we're figuring these things out over and over again. Because the answers when you are a student and a teenager are different than the answers when you're in your early 20s and you're having to figure out how to adult. And those are different. Those answers are a little bit different from when you're in, when you get married and you start to have a family. Who you are takes on another element. Where you are in the story is obviously different. And then looking for the good that God is doing around you changes a little bit. And again, so we are, if we're smart, if we're smart, we are constantly, constantly resetting and reevaluating where we are, who we are, where we are, and what the good is that God is up to in our lives. In fact, one of the things that we talk around here a lot about is that Sunday, when we gather here, one of the things that we believe this time is so critical for is to reset or reorient our lives around Jesus as Lord. Because we're going in a hundred different directions all throughout the week. But when we get here, we have this lens. We go, okay, Lord, you are king. You are my north star. So if that's true, I want to have a place, a space in my life that I'm intentionally setting aside to declare that to be true and then to reset my life on that true north. That's the hope. That's what we're here for. And so I, just, I have this passage that we're going to sit in for the next couple of weeks, but I want to read it and, and in a way sort of read it over our students and read it over us because I think it's giving ourselves uh, uh, some direction in this. You know, so it's written by Paul, and it's in Philippians chapter 4. But the, the beautiful part about it is Paul is a guy who knows who he is. 
He knows where he is in the story. And he knows the good that God is going on around him. So he writes this book, Philippians, in prison. And so his story has looked different, but it's gotten to a place where he's behind bars. And yet, as he gets to the close of this letter, freedom being taken away, falsely accused for a whole bunch of stuff, and he's sitting, rotting in a, in a cell. And here's what he writes. Throw this up there. Rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Remember that the Lord is near. So don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition and with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Then he goes on and he says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, lovely, admirable, if anything is excellent and praiseworthy, think about those things. Reset and focus on those things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put that into practice. Put that into practice and the God of peace will be with you. See, this is the, the orienting piece of this. Is Paul is saying to them, you need this. You need to reset your life on the person of Jesus. If there's something that's causing anxiety in you, if there's something that's causing fear, if there's anything that is pushing against you, circumstances, whatever it is, he's saying, remember to rejoice in the Lord because he is near. Remember to take all your prayers, all your requests, whatever you need, take it to God. Make that a practice. Make it a habit in your life. And when we do that, that's the promise is that the God of peace then will be with you. And so for students that are going away and for us as adults, one of the things that, that we have to ask is what are the things that we're putting into practice? Are we, are we taking our lives and resetting them on the person and the work of Jesus continually over and over again? Or like Mike talked about last week, are we getting distracted and pulled, pulled away? Because you can go in one of two directions. One of them, as the scripture promises, leads to peace and leads to a place where we're settled and set. And the other one is just a bunch of turmoil. It's sort of being batted around in other images that the scriptures use is that we're like, like a wave tossed about by the wind. And so the invitation for you as you go off to school or for us as we're transitioning from phase to phase and learning how to answer those questions is, are we resetting on the person of Jesus? Because listen, here's the truth. The only one, the only one that can tell you who you are, where you are in the story, and the good that is going on in your life is the one who created you. That's it. He is the only one that can really tell you who you are, where you are in his story, and the good that he is up to in your life. There's a movement that's going on right now, and again, I'm going to try to wrap this up. There's a movement going on right now in the church where people are beginning to recapture some of the things that the ancients have handed down to us 
right? We think we, we have everything that we need. We think that we kind of know better now than what people did in the past. But when you look back at church history in particular, what you see is the church fathers and mothers, that they had these patterns of life. They called them rules of life. To have a rule of life just meant that you ordered your life. You put into practice the things that Paul, that Jesus, that the scriptures tell us about. So they had a rule of life, and they go, look, no matter what, we're going to do these things. Why? Because we need to create deliberate rhythms and routines in our lives that habituate us towards a desired end, that move us from reactive response towards uh, a proactive mindfulness that keeps us pointed towards that which we identify as our true north, Jesus. We have to stay oriented, set on Jesus as Lord. And so the the real issue for us is, like, you already have a rule of life. You know it. You may just not call it that, but you have commitments, rhythms, regular practices, and relationships that are part of your life. And the question is, where are those leading you? Are they leading you towards a Jesus-shaped life, or are they not leading you particularly anywhere? Again, this is the encouragement for all of us, and it's especially so for the, those of us who are taking steps into the next phases of our life. And so what we're going to be talking about in the next couple of weeks, just to give you a real quick picture, if you go ahead and go to that last slide, is we're going to be talking about how there's really four practices that encompass this that we're going to unpack together. But if you want to live a life where you're set and being shaped like Jesus, which is what a disciple is, that you're going to learn to rejoice in the Lord first. You're going to learn to celebrate him. You're going to learn to go to him with for the joys that you have in your life, finding things like silence and solitude and Sabbath in the midst of all the noise. You don't have to do this. The truth is, we need to do that. Our lives are so noisy, we need to learn to rejoice and find joy in God first. And then everything else will take care of itself. The second thing is we're going to talk about renewing our minds, scripture, prayer, and worship. That those three pieces kind of draw us back. They renew us. They reorient us around Jesus as Lord. In a world full of disinformation, which is our favorite word, right? It's my least favorite word, actually, at the moment. But in a world full of disinformation, what are we filling our minds with? What are we renewing our hearts by? Like Romans 12 says, like, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why? So that you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. Third thing is we're going to talk about restoring and how mission and ministry for the disciple of Jesus is critical because we, have, we are made for a purpose. And like Jesus says, we, when we learn to give our lives away, that's when we find it. And there's something that's countercultural to that for followers of Jesus that looks like Jesus, but it doesn't look like what everybody else is doing. So we're going to unpack that a little bit. The last thing is we're going to talk about how we relate to one another. This idea of radical hospitality and a culture of loneliness that God's people are invited to be, to practice radical hospitality and redemptive relationships. That we are sent to build relationships and to surround ourselves with people who can help us find out who we are, where we are in the story, and the good that God is up to in our life. So that's where we're headed in these next couple of weeks. And I just want to encourage you, let's put those three questions back up there, because this is the truth. This is the truth, that we all want to know who we are, where we are, and the good that God is up to in our life. 
And the truth is you cannot find those things unless you go to the one who can tell you, unless we begin to make practices in our life that draw us to him. That's the truth. So I want you to uh, look at those questions just for a moment. We're going to take communion together now. And I want this to be a time where as you're looking at those questions, maybe there's one of them that you're like, gosh, I'm just, I'm not getting that one this morning. I don't really know who I am. Or I'm struggling with that in this transition, in this phase, because again, it changes. Maybe you don't really know where you're at in the story. And the beautiful part about following Jesus is he says he's sending the counselor, the guide, the Holy Spirit, to be in us so that we would know where we are in the story. So maybe you're having a hard time hearing from the Holy Spirit now. Maybe you're looking at your life and going, I'm not sure what good God is up to right now. I just don't see it. I'm going to have the band come back up. And as they're coming up here, and as we transition into a time of communion, we're just going to play some music in the background, and I'm going to set the table. But I want you to just sit in those questions for a minute this morning. Let God speak to you where you're at. Let him answer one of those questions maybe for you.